Welcome to the Breaking the Startups podcast, where it features stories of people from non-traditional backgrounds that broke into tech. For those of you that don't know, visual learners now comprise 65% of the total population. And according to the Wall Street Journal, the next billion mobile users will rely on audio and video. Which is why breaking into startups is much bigger than a podcast. But before telling you about the video piece that we just launched, I want to give a huge shout out to all 200,000 of you that help our podcast audience continue to grow. All of you in over 50 countries that are listening, all 10,000 of you in our Breaking into Startups Facebook community page, everybody that goes to our trips in the Breaking Stars Collective, all almost 4,000 of you that have liked our Breaking Stars Facebook page. And speaking of the Facebook page, you probably did see the video piece, which is the Insider Startup video series, where we don't just talk about startups. We show you what's going on on a day-to-day basis. We know that seeing seeing is believing, which is why we also are giving guided tours of your favorite boot camps because, you know, you know, I told you guys, my brother, he's studying to get into a boot camp and hearing about it is one thing, but seeing it is another thing. So you don't have to imagine all the things that might be scary to you or might be what makes you excited. And so we wanted to show you that. And which is why today's guest, Matt Tran, is a uh, a featured YouTube celebrity. Uh, we wanted to feature him not only because he has one of the dopest, dopest career video channels, but it's called Engineered Truth. And he used that channel to not just get over 250,000 subscribers, subscribe to that and get 20 million views, but he was able to leverage that platform to negotiate tuition at his top boot camp that he wanted to go to called Dev Mountain. It's an amazing, amazing episode about personal brand. It's a great episode about failure, which you'll learn about. And it's also a beautiful, touching episode about family and making sure that you take care of your family. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to check it out. And let's break in. Growing up, we're told that in order to be successful, you need to be a banker, a doctor, or a lawyer. That's what the gatekeepers want you to think. But we're part of something bigger. We're part of a technological revolution. Either you're at the table or on the table. Get in the end. 10X. Yo, yo, yo. This is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies Archer and Timo Meister. And this is the Breaking Stars podcast. Archer, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? Yeah. So recording out of App Academy today. Um, It's been a while. We just came back from Tahoe for July 4th. But now we're ready to do some serious work. And uh, we have an amazing guest, Timur. Can you please introduce the guest? Yeah. So today we have Matt Trent, who is the founder of Engineer Truth. Um, it's a YouTube channel with over 240,000 subscribers. And Matt makes over 10000 a month from um, building this uh, channel from like 100 followers and subscribers to now over 240. So we'll jump into that on the podcast. What's interesting about his story is that he followed initially the traditional path and he studied psychology and mechanical engineering in college, had three jobs as a mechanical engineer and actually hit a few road bumps and got fired from them before he started his YouTube channel. So Matt, um, 
let's uh, take it back to when you were uh, working as a mechanical engineer and you got fired from the from that job. What happened? And um, share some of the advice on how you got over it. Yeah, I didn't get fired from a mechanical engineering job. I got fired from all my mechanical engineering jobs, all three of them. Uh, and each time I was disappointed in myself, I felt ashamed. My parents were definitely mad. And so after the third time of getting fired, I mean, it'd be insane to, to try and get another mechanical engineering job. Plus, what am I supposed to say at the interviews? Oh, why did you leave your last three positions? Oh, because I got fired from all three of them. But do you want to hire me? Like, so, yeah. so the universe was sending you a signal. <laughs> the universe, I sent myself a signal. <laughs> and so the signal I sent myself is I was always go late. Uh, I, I would just not show up. Yep. Yeah. So I got fired just justifiably. Uh, and so after I got fired from my third mechanical engineering job, uh, I thought to myself, I can't be doing this anymore. So I decided to take YouTube full time. Well, what's crazy is uh, I only had about 4,000 subscribers on YouTube at the time, and I was making $275 per month. And so everyone thought I was crazy. Took it seriously for six months. And oh, wow, I grew it to $400 per month. Still not a livable wage. So I got a job making YouTube videos, which I found on Craigslist, uh, to make YouTube videos for a company called Growace that sells hydroponic equipment, primarily used to grow marijuana. Uh, and so I had to learn how to grow marijuana. And it was one of the best jobs I've ever had. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was great. It was great. Uh, but I was only getting paid $15 an hour. So then I did uh, a short social media contract for Uproxx. And then... Uh, after that, I got a, a, a long-term contract with Bro Science Life. They have 2 million subscribers on YouTube. I ran their social media. Uh, and then I went to the Philippines because uh, yeah. my income was stable at the time with the Bro Science Life contract. Uh, they were paying me 1350 to manage yeah. their social so media. During that time, were you still kind of uh, trying to grow your YouTube channel while you were working on the side and um, growing like the audience for the companies you were working for? Yeah, I think... Uh, that was a very pivotal part of growing my channel is seeing how different people looked at social media. When I worked for Growace, I was looking at it from a e-commerce point of view. So then I learned, okay, this is what e-commerce companies want on social media. Then when I worked for Uproxx, that was a digital media publisher. What does a digital media publisher want on social media and digital marketing? Then I got Pro Science Live, huge entertainment channel. So I think one take home lesson for the audience maybe is starting on your own from scratch and you're going to start a company from scratch without any previous work experience in an industry, uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, something that might make it easier is working in, in different industries related to what you want to do because you're going to learn a lot faster that way and you're going to get paid to learn. So, so was that a deliberate um, move on your part to choose these companies specifically because um, deep inside you knew that you were drawn to media and you just wanted to expose yourself to how various companies or startups are are using social media and using online presence to kind of grow their subscriber base. So was that, was that a deliberate um, action on your part or you just wanted a job? No, absolutely. I mean, I needed the job too, right? <laughs> I needed the job too, but I knew different. Uh, as long as I was stuck in the social media world, the YouTube video production world, making money on ads or selling products online, I knew that with each company, I was taking home or taking lessons that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I mean, you just can't be working at a, a company of over 50 people of who, each one being an expert at what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, the experience is so valuable. Uh, so it's part of the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You covered a lot here. And we I mean, studied mechanical engineering, psychology, and we talk a lot about 
personal brand and telling your story, but like, why did you start a YouTube channel in the first place? And then you mentioned you had 4,000 subscribers by the time you got laid off after the third job. Like, yeah. how do you even get to 4,000 subscribers? That's still kind of impressive. Yeah, the channel started off with being angry. You know, I was angry at traditional education for just ripping people off. I mean, I, I mean, people are getting what liberal arts degrees, right? I mean, this is completely—it's been completely useless. And so I got mad. And my first video was called uh, "The Only Majors to Go to College For," and it's still uh, one of my best performing videos. It has like four hundred thousand views or five hundred thousand views. Wow! And uh, I, it did really well because it had a good title, and that's what YouTube is about—is having good titles. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, right? <laughs> and more than the thumbnails. So that video did really well. And so when so I st- let's take a pause yeah, for a second. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. video, so you were, you mentioned you were kind of angry at the traditional uh, education system. Yeah. So. It, Take us back and give us a little bit, kind of like a synopsis of what the video was about and like, what is your view? Like, what what were you upset about and which degrees did you think, at that time, did you think were worth going to school for? Yeah, at the time I figured engineering and not even all of sciences, because I don't even know what you're going to do if you get a biology degree and don't pursue healthcare, right? So pretty much engineering, uh, accounting and those kind of finance, blah, 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 uh, those kind of business things. And then the last one was... uh, did I already say healthcare? <laughs> healthcare, engineering, and then basically finance or accounting, things like that. And it, most of it still holds true. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much only useful degrees. So I thought uh, the other degrees were useless. And it's funny because when I search on YouTube, and this is the most important part, there's no one else saying the same things I was saying, even though a lot of people, when you had side conversation with them, they, they would know it. Mm-hmm. But no one was saying it on YouTube. Not sure if they were scared or whatever it was. So I was one of the first and that helped a lot with my success because my public speaking wasn't very good at the time, but at least I had a unique point of angle when I entered YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's great about you is um, your story is very relatable. I think today there's a lot of people with liberal arts majors who are graduating of college um, going in, they uh, had a passion or there was something that made them choose those majors. But then once they start doing internships, whether, once they start looking for jobs, they're, they're realizing that um, it's hard to have all those nice things that you might see on Instagram of like all those celebrities have. And then what you end up doing is you might be stuck somewhere in um, at a factory in Midwest doing mechanical yeah. engineering work, which frustrates a lot of young people because they're driven more towards innovative stuff. They want right. to do more exciting things. So um, jumping back to your mechanical engineering decisions, so you just mentioned that engineering is um, one of the things that will give you a good salary. Yeah. Uh, since you've done mechanical engineering, do you believe that... Um, it's one of those fields, or if you had to go back in time, would you still have done that um, or pursued something different? Let's just say none of my mechanical engineering uh, colleagues uh, would not want to take my place. They would want to switch positions with me immediately. I mean, who wouldn't want to, right? Would you rather make uh, a lot of passive income? Like, honestly, like today, I, made, uh, I went to Yosemite, I came back, and I made $500 in one day passively, right? From YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Whereas my engineering colleagues, typically with the amount of experience they have now, which is about five years of experience, uh, they're probably making like 85,000 and 90,000 a year, but they have to go to work. And as soon as they clock out, they stop making money. So why would you want to put yourself in that kind of situation? And uh, it's not so much, this is what a lot of people don't understand. Enjoying your work has more to do with the environment you're putting yourself in than the actual role that you have. So mechanical engineering companies, I'll tell you right now, are boring to work for. Nobody ever talks about it. Why? 
because it's boring, right? You don't ever hear someone saying, oh my God, this cool mechanical engineering startup, right? What are all the cool, interesting companies today? Technology companies, right? So, so even though you might enjoy the task of mechanical engineering, because the corporate culture is boring, a lot of people are not going to enjoy it. And so you see a lot of mechanical engineers switch to tech. Yeah, yeah. So, so choosing the right company is important. I think something else that you brought up in the pre-chat was the fact that even if you're pursuing a technical degree, um, learning how to communicate is really important. And a yeah. lot of times you either fail your interviews or you don't go from individual contributor to manager or get promoted because you don't communicate well. Can you unpack that a little bit? I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's there's been studies about it. Uh, one book I was reading called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. Basically, the study says you're not promoted or given raises based on your performance. You're given it based on how likable you are. And so what a lot of people, especially with doing technical careers, they don't consider, am I a likable person? Right. And that actually takes work to be likable. You actually have to go out and, and step out of your comfort zone. And that's actually one of the biggest lessons of being a YouTuber is I got to be likable. Right. But at the same time, you got to be also uh, a little bit dichotic. Like some people are going to love me. Some people are going to hate me. So where's that balance? Where's it's it's a scale between being too mainstream. You're not going to get anybody because you're just saying what everyone already knows. Then there's absolutely crazy on the other the end of the spectrum. You don't want to be crazy. Because that's when people start saying you're a cult, right? Or just start, uh, you know, you, people, I think the world is flat, right? Just too crazy, right? But you need to be somewhere in the middle where you're prolific. And yeah, you're going to lose people by being prolific because there's people that are going to believe in the mainstream. So it, it was that balance. And also also uh, being called out on every single little stutter that you do on YouTube comments and every single little mistake. Or like some people complain that I blink too much in videos. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not joking about this. People complain that I blink too much. And so, yeah, th- those pieces of feedback hurt, but they they were right. And when when I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, I'm blinking a lot, right? They're like, why am I blinking so much? Yeah. And, and so you take the feedback, and and it helped me be a lot better communicator. Yeah, yeah. So that that personal brand and the story is really important. And like going back to Timo's point to the engineering piece of things, even though you got laid off from these like three jobs, you weren't you were at the top of your class in one of your boot camps. Like how? Yeah. You no. Know, how was that? Yeah, tell us how you like what made you decide to even do a boot camp after uh, you've discovered YouTube and you were starting to make money there. Yeah, the boot camp thing was was interesting. All right, so uh, as most people who make uh, remote income, you get to travel a lot, which is great. And one of the most eye opening places was the Philippines. So on my way home from the Philippines, I was on the flight back, and I thought, man, it's very interesting because there there are certain opportunities in the Philippines that we don't have here. And then there's certain opportunities we have in America that they don't have over there. Like being a YouTuber is way easier in America. Being Going to a coding bootcamp, they just barely opened their first coding bootcamp uh, in Baguio. And so you see that over there, but in the Philippines, real estate's a big thing, right? So you kind of see the comparison. You say, oh man, there are opportunities in America that I'm taking for granted. So <laughs> funny enough is uh, I thought, you know, I should just go to a coding bootcamp for free, right? Because I'm a YouTuber. I'm the most famous YouTuber when it comes to technical <laughs> careers. And if I just make videos for a coding bootcamp, they should let me go for free. I don't know why I didn't think about this years ago. So I approached a, a school in LA called Codesmith with the idea and they said no. And you know what? That made me mad because I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing. Why would you say no to me? <laughs> and it's funny because they reached out to me to ask me to, if we could work something out. And then they said no to my idea. I thought it was a very good idea. <laughs> so uh, I got mad, right? But guess what? I'm the only popular technical career channel on YouTube, but they're not the only coding bootcamp. They messed up. 
<laughs> so, so even the, so, I actually uh, emailed back a school that reached out to me called Dev Mountain, and I called them up. I said, "Hey, I'll make four videos for you. You let me go to your school free, for free, and then you include housing." The guy Tyler Richards, he says, "Let me talk to my marketing team about that. That's a very interesting proposal." He calls me back the next day. He says, "Okay, green light." I'm like, "Oh, that was that was very easy. <laughs> wow. I, was, I expected it to be like more negotiations, right?" No, he just he agreed to it. Uh, I also have to put my, you know, there's like some other stuff. I had to put my, their, their uh, logo on my channel banner and some other promoting stuff. But basically, I was able to go to that uh, coding bootcamp for free. But guess what? If Dev Mountain had said no, there's only, like, the well, there's only like 30 other coding bootcamps <laughs> yeah. I could have offered that. And you know what? They're smart to realize that. They're just smart to realize, like, look, if, if, if we say no to Matt, he's going to go to her competitor exactly. in Denver. Exactly. Or and yeah, and I, think, yeah. I think, you know, we talk a lot about negotiation and, and it, it, you knew what your power was. And I think that was like, that's a pretty key yeah. key thing you know are there any other lessons that you like want to kind of highlight about negotiation for people that are you know in those types of scenarios make it easy as possible for the person to say yes is yeah. that is that an, is, is this advice of reaching out to a bootcamp and coming up with this like creative way to pay for the program is that something you think someone uh, who might not have a youtube channel apply um to get a free tuition at one of these schools uh as an example, someone could potentially say like, hey, like I'll narrate my way of coming to a new city and like going through a boot camp or maybe they do a blog post. Do you think some of these boot camps will be open to that? I mean, you got to have the audience and there has to be a reason. Typical, the re- typically, the reason is because you're going to bring in more referrals, more, more, yeah, more, referrals, more, uh, more customers. So without an audience, it's going to be tough. But with, even with the audience and Audience isn't the same across the board. So even if I had a small coding bootcamp channel or small coding bootcamp or tech software related blog, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to go for free. Yeah. I mean, it'd be silly for a school not to take you, to be yeah. honest. So tell us about your uh, bootcamp experience because by this point, you've already um, got two majors in college, right? Yeah. You spent time working in the field as a mechanical engineer. Then you started kind of creating passive income opportunities on YouTube. Yeah. And now you're going back to... Dev, uh, to Dev Mountain to learn software engineering. Yeah. So, kind of, what was that experience like? Actually, learning at a boot camp, and then how does how did that compare to your traditional education? How did you prepare for it? Right, well, how I prepared for it was going on freecodecamp.com. I prepared for two or three months. Shout out Quincy. Shout, Shout out, out Quincy. Quincy. And yeah. uh, first things first, I actually enjoy coding. Right? Yeah. Like, if you don't enjoy coding, don't go to a coding boot camp just because yeah. the, the salary or just think you know you think you're going to be cool. Uh, so I prepared for it. Uh, I was more than ready than most of my classmates, so I killed it. I got second best overall uh, at the career fair they held for us. I got three companies that were very interested in hiring me, uh, but I wasn't interested in uh, living in Utah. But in terms of the experience, very fun. Yeah. I mean, because Dev Mountain provides housing included in their cost. And so you have like this apartment building where all the students are living. Basically, oh, it was, that was like yeah, a dorm. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like dorm. college. It's a 30-year-old, 30-year-old dorm, right? And, but it, was, it, felt more, it felt more serious. You know, yeah. when you're in the dorms, you have you're having a mix of different majors, people who are, who are to very serious and to not very serious students. But when you're in the coding bootcamp, everyone's serious. I mean, this is the second career for most people, right? Yeah. And so they're like, "Yo, this this has to work." Some of them have families. Some of them, was, you know, took three months away from their families, and they're like, "Yo, after this, if I don't get a job, that's pretty embarrassing for my wife and kid, and it's also financially stressful to spend that kind of money and not get anything." Yeah. So uh, yeah. it was it was very serious, and I think the coding bootcamp. Versus like self-taught coding bootcamp is hundred percent worth the time because if you think about it, if you had to teach yourself, it's going to take you at least nine months to teach yourself to get a full-time job. If you do a coding bootcamp, you're doing three months. 
just by saving six months of your life, that's completely worth it. That's yeah. half an engineering salary. So I don't know if average <laughs> engineering, engineering salary is like 100K or starting engineering salary, you pretty much save yourself $50,000. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why I went to the coding bootcamp though was because at the time I was making around $4,000 per month from my YouTube channel. And then the goal afterwards, after Dev Mountain, was to work as a web developer in Los Angeles and make about $5,000 per month uh, starting, right? But what happened when I was at Dev Mountain is, is my YouTube income increased from $4,000 per month to $7,000 per month. And then I thought, and I thought, man, do I want to work as a web developer? So I called up my friend Dylan, who has a YouTube channel called Coding Tutorials 360. He's a web developer. And I asked him, like, yo, what do you think I should do? He said it would be foolish to work as a web developer because... You just had your income from YouTube increase by 40% while in a coding boot camp. So basically spending 50 hours coding and I still grew my income by 40%. So what would happen if I actually spent 100% of my time on the YouTube income? And after he said that, I said, yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. So after the you know Dead Mountain, I went to the Philippines and yeah, I killed it. And so now my YouTube income is around $11,000 per month. And hopefully the, by next year, I'm hoping to reach 20000 Wow. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of our listeners, to Ruben's point, a lot of our listeners are thinking of applying to coding boot camps. Yeah. Um, what was your uh, process? I know you mentioned you did free code camp, but yeah. um, for someone who is listening right now, how should they prepare mentally? And like, should they be should they take free code camp before they apply, or do you advise them to like just go into it? Uh, what would be your advice? Besides free code camp, I think they should be able to make a website from scratch. And that's really going to teach them GitHub, how to use Atom. Mm -hmm. Because when you use something like free code camp, yeah, you're going to learn JavaScript, but you're not, then that's it. You don't really know, you don't know how to put a website together, but the whole point is to make websites, right? So you can't put a basic mm -hmm. website together. That's a, that's going to be a problem. And so one of my weaknesses when I went to Dev Mountain was I knew how to put a website together, but I didn't know how to use Atom. I didn't know how to use GitHub. And those are really important processes. And it, it, it'll make the transition going to bootcamp a lot easier if you do know how to use those. Uh, and I think for the mentality, uh, <laughs> you just got to go in the mentality that you're just going to be better than everybody else and have that, have that, <laughs> have that competitive mindset, no matter which bootcamp you go to, whether it's a lead bootcamp or a more casual bootcamp, you just got to go in the mindset. Like, I don't care who these other students are. I'm going to make them feel bad about coming here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make them, I'm going to, my projects are going to be so good that they're going to go home <laughs> and rethink whether they should have, should have come to this coding bootcamp. That's how, that's how much better you have to be than them. And that mentality, it makes it a lot more enjoyable than, than being the guy who's, you know, barely, barely, you know, at the very end, you know, basically getting the F, right? Who wants to be that guy? It's not fun, right? The guy who's always catching up. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the guy that's making other people regret their decision. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. And it sounds like you've been on both sides of the spectrum where like, yeah. you know, you've been went through this experience. And but you, like clearly the reason why you've been able to bounce back is because you have the mindset that you have now. Do you yeah. feel like all those setbacks actually shaped your mindset now? I mean, definitely getting fired three times. Uh, you build up this resistance that, oh, yeah, nothing's that bad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and it's funny because that was the lesson in that people always say that. Oh, having a mechanical engineering job and you guys worked in finance, having that job in finance is a stable career, a stable thing to do. I don't see how it's so stable when someone could just fire you one day and you go from making your $90,000 salary to going zero. Yeah. It's completely zero. And that's not safe at all. Sure. Uh, and so when it, when it comes to making my decisions from there on out, after I got fired from three times, I thought every, every decision I want to make, whether it's a skill I learn or something I create, 
I want it to lead to passive income that I own. Yeah. And that, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it sounds really cool. And you, you talked a little bit about family and like, kind of like what they thought before while you were getting laid off. Like, what do they think about what you're doing now? And like, do you have siblings that, you know, are, are trying to follow your same path? Yeah. Obviously my parents thought I was crazy. Uh, and they wanted me to work as a mechanical engineer and, and basically follow the, the beaten path. Yeah. Uh, now I pay for half of my parents' bills, offered nice. to take all of them, to be honest, but my dad won't let me. That's uh, awesome. And so that for me, that was almost a little bit petty because yeah. I wanted to rub it in my dad's face a little bit because I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm the youngest and I'm also the uh, one that went off the uh, unbeaten path, right? My sister's a pharmacist and then my, I have a sister who works for Boeing as a finance analyst, right? <laughs> and so they're older than me and yeah, I'm the first one to take half the bills, right? That's awesome. Right? He, that's, I think that's why he won't let me take all the bills because yeah. he, he only wants to rub it in his face so much, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants to diversify <laughs> the income. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I think the other thing that I think you touched on, which is interesting, is um, in the pre-chat, you know, we talked about personal brand and a lot of not just boot camps, but people in general are like when you're building a personal brand, you need to write online. You know, All three of us, we've written things online. Yeah. But part of the reason why we started the podcast and you're doing yeah. videos because of these macro trends. So can you talk about, yeah. you know, demographics and who you're reaching when you're writing on these different platforms? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just got to do video if you, if you can, if that's your thing. Uh, blogs really only reach the demographic of around 30 plus, uh, especially 40 plus. But if you're trying to reach the demographic of uh, around 30 years old, mid 30s and below all the way to teenagers, they much prefer video. That's that's their thing. I mean, look at Snapchat. It's all video. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important to consider is, uh, I mean, what's the most hard thing to do is to do video because it's a combination of audio and visual. And so not only do you have to present yourself with your voice, but you have to also make it kind of visually appealing, right? Yeah. And I think when you understand both elements, it also uh, makes you a lot more valuable too. So yeah. I think it's uh, important to do personal branding and and you guys wrote blogs to be more famous. And, and I think you have to carry your own brand name because that's the only way that offers are going to be thrown at you. Like people throw me free products all the time because of the YouTube channel. People throw me free jobs or free jobs. They throw me jobs in my email all the time because they know, oh, this guy knows how to sell things online through YouTube. And he knows how to, you know, he knows how websites work, right? But the only reason I get free jobs is because I have a personal brand. And who wants to be in a situation where you have to beg for a job every time? Like nobody yeah. wants to be in that situation. So if you have a personal brand, you no longer have to beg for a job. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times you could be a rock star within a company, but if you get laid off or you leave, a lot of times yeah. you have to like recreate who you are yeah. or like make people know what you did yeah. outside of a resume. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned before that you're focused on technical roles mostly. Yeah. So tell us some of your, like, what are some of your famous or like most popular videos and what advice do you share in those videos? Yeah, one of my most famous videos is uh, how to teach yourself how to code with Kinsley Larson, right? Mm, I think, nice. <laughs> and uh, the reason why it did so well is because I think when someone typed in how to teach yourself code, it was the number one video. It might still be too. Uh, so Quincy shared some advice there. Um, another video is uh, four high-end careers with no degree required. And basically in that, and I kind of give the same advice that you guys generally give that, you know, pretty much if you want to have a fun job and work in an exciting company, you either got to be a developer or you got to work in the growth and marketing. I and mean, those are the two main roles. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know and like have any idea what they want to do, try one of those two to see if those work out for you because there's so much opportunity. If you know how to run Facebook ads, run how to Google ads and know how to grow social media. I mean, that's that's such a huge part of tech. And that's what a lot of startups have difficulty doing. So that's definitely a good option too. Can you talk about how you taught yourself marketing and growth? You touched on some of those books and things like that. Yeah. Number one book I can recommend, not, not affiliated at all, is a book called Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. 
Mm -hmm. Oh man, I should have read that book before I started my YouTube channel, but the book just came out. Uh, when it comes to growth, uh, I mean, on YouTube, you just have to have a searchable title and then you have to hook the audience in the first five seconds. So tell them like the best thing in the first five seconds so that they can continue watching. Uh, and so the title structure goes, uh, what your audience wants the most without the thing they fear the most related to that subject. So one cliche example is like how to get fast six pack abs without uh, killing yourself or, or in 15 minutes, right? Because people don't want to take that much time, right? That's the thing they fear the most. It's taking a lot of time. So, so when you combine those two elements, and one example of my channel is for high-end careers, what my audience wants the most, but what do they not want? They don't want to spend time getting a degree. So in the title, put no degree required, <laughs> right? And that, that video has a million views. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, when yeah, you success stories of yeah. some of your followers or sub subscribers who um, message you after they kind of broke into either starting their own channel or uh, breaking into a startup or a technology company, do you have any of those success stories that you can share? Oh man, I have a lot. First, one of my, <laughs> your intern, right? Angelo? Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Angelo. Shout yeah. out to Angelo. That's how this interview actually came about. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my subscribers uh, is now their intern for breaking into startups and uh he, and he's the one that set this up. So congrats to him. And he's been emailing me back and forth for a couple of years now. So kind of kind of happy to see him go go along this way. Uh, but, but a lot of success stories. So the most common success story is we sell the course on my channel that helps people get a job in digital marketing. And we get an email at least once a week of someone that got a job. And usually they're willing, they're willing to, they offer to uh, be interviewed on our channel for free, to do a video testimony for free because the, they felt like the value they got from this course was so, so ridiculous. I mean, we sell this course for $100 per month and then people get a job for $50,000, usually in the first couple months. If, if they're in a, uh, let's call that more uh, outskirts area, yeah, they may get a job for like 40000 per month. I'm like, that's pretty, that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> what, does the, what does the course teach them? Basically, it teaches them how to run Facebook ads and Google ads. So they'll typically get a job at a, a digital marketing agency. And typically, I mean, on the low end, they'll pay like $15 per hour. And then on the high end, we've had people get paid like $26 an hour yeah. for the starting job. Yeah. So in today's, um, I guess, day and age, you can go online and you can learn anything. You can teach yourself how to become an engineer, how to become a YouTube yeah, yeah. personality. Um, it sounds like you took the untraditional path. Yeah. And you figure it out yourself. Uh, what is your like? I guess what is your inner game or your mindset when you start doing? You start following these journeys where there is not a roadmap to follow. How do you go about uh, figuring out what that next thing should be um, and what you should be doing to succeed? Well, everything is patterns. Meaning, you know, uh, my background in 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 knowledge is. Uh, I, play, I used to play World of Warcraft. I got Gladiator. Yeah, gla I was Gladiator season three, Warrior Druid, right? That means you know, you're the top 0.5%. I got, got Gladiator. <laughs> I still remember this very clearly. I may stun people. Anyhow, so, uh, so uh, and then uh, in uh, League of Legends, I was Diamond also. I played 500 games with Ramus. Wow. Then uh, in, in StarCraft 2, I played uh, I played like 1,000 games as Zerg, right? So it's funny because uh, with all the games, it's just like you see the game, you see the strategy, and then you kind of make mistakes and then you notice the patterns in those mistakes. And then the last thing is you pick one thing that you're good at and that might not be the best thing, but you're the, you, if you become the best at it, it, it'll work out, right? So I played Ramus. It sounds, this is really funny, but it has done a lot of analogies in life, right? <laughs> for example, I picked Ramus, And so nobody played Ramus for season three, but I was the best Ramus player. So when people <laughs> encountered me, they were like, what the heck? Like, cause I would do things with Ramus that people yeah. don't understand. Right. Because I knew Ramus the best. Yeah. And that's exactly with the YouTube channel. Like 
I, I didn't pick the most popular kind of YouTube channel to make a engineering career channel. Not that popular, right? Yeah. But I'm the best one at it. So when so so when people stumble upon it, it's like, whoa, yeah, this is the best engineering like technical career channel on YouTube. <laughs> but that's then that's where like we have to see a lot of analogies in life. Like, yeah, you might not. It's actually better to not pick the most popular thing. It's yeah. better to pick something that is pretty good, but yeah. people don't really know about it. Like Ramos was a great champion, just people didn't know that he was a great champion. Yeah. I knew that making a realistic career channel was a good idea. Just a lot of the other people didn't. And yeah. so then I, I just hammered it on that. And that that's what uh, that's what worked for me. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice niche. Yet you know the audience exists. And yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And we also often make the analogy to um, getting your job at a startup as a video game. So if someone uh, wanted to get a job and you can equate it to uh, winning the game. Um, there's a lot of levels that you have to do. So yeah. if you want to become an engineer, for instance, you have to start out on level one and you're probably for the first few months just studying to get into a coding boot camp. Yeah. And for some people, it's like the hardest thing to do. They might not get into the top boot camp. Yeah. And then once they can master that level, they move on to the next part, which is, hey, at level two, you have to actually go through the boot camp. Then comes the mm. job search. But the advice that we give people is that... Um, if you're on level three and you have to go back to level one and do the level again, uh, it's pr probably super easy because you yeah. already mastered mm. way more challenging levels. Mm. So going back to level one, it's like, hey, I've already beaten everyone at level two and three. Like yeah, you yeah. can easily master it. So I think a lot of people, what why why they give up is they start encountering into struggles and obstacles yeah. on level one, and then mm. they don't have the patience. To actually keep practicing and keep mastering, because I think, t as you as you just mentioned, if you want to be the best at whatever niche or whatever field you choose, you have to literally like spend hours and hours yeah. to do that. And just as, as an example, to become a software engineer, you probably need to spend probably two thousand hours yeah. practicing how to code, yeah. and that in includes um, going through a coding bootcamp, preparing for a coding bootcamp, building your project. So as long as you keep doing that. Uh, you can win the game. It's just a matter of how soon you can do that. Yeah. And like last, last, last few things, mm. um, going back to the inner game, you know, yeah. and you speaking on YouTube and initially you weren't that good at yeah. speaking. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the public speaking lessons that you've developed over this time? Because I think that's one of the most feared things by people in general in tech and out of tech. And it's like some practical things that people can learn about public speaking from you. Well, the YouTube thing was, was great because people are honest, too honest on YouTube. So people would complain that I blinked too much. Someone counted how many times I blinked. And you blinked 900 <laughs> times in this video or something like that. I kid you not. Uh, then people would uh, would say, oh, I stuttered too much, right? And then I watch it like, oh, I am stuttering a lot. So they were, yeah, the feedback hurts. But my experience back in gaming, uh, I kind of build up a tolerance to that because I was so used yeah, to people talking, talking smack. <laughs> yeah, talking smack on online. So I'm like, oh, you know, they have a point. So I took the feedback and I, and I made it better. And so you, you kind of reach this balance of, of do you want to write a script and be super scripted, but then it'll be robotic or do you want to be unscripted and then you're, you may talk in circles. So then I kind of find a balance between going back and forth. Uh, but really it was a lot of, a, a lot of takes, a lot of takes. <laughs> There's a lot of takes. Uh, it was a lot of watching good public speakers and seeing how they use pauses. That was huge. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and it was a lot of uh, finding my own sense of humor. That was the biggest part. I mean, everyone has their own sense of humor and my humor is a little bit more mean. And yeah. it was a point where, do I go with the, the cliche YouTube sense of humor like PewDiePie or do I do my own sense of humor? And every time I try to imitate someone else, 
yeah. well, flunk, flunk, dude. I yeah. mean, nobody want to watch it. It's so, yeah. uh, it's so awkward, right? Yeah. And so you don't have a choice. Like your sense of humor is your sense of humor, and you just got to own up to it. And even if my sense of humor uh, rubs a lot of people the wrong way, uh, I still just had to optimize on my own sense of humor. And yeah, people it's going to push people some way, but it's better than being not. And it's a lot better than trying to force a sense of humor that doesn't suit your personality. Yeah, you got your own swag, and it sounds like you do a really good job of. Um of listening to feedback yeah. along the way. Um, and of course you got to be able to filter what to pay attention to or not, but those sounds like you had tight feedback loops. So no, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So at this point in the podcast, uh, we do the lightning round. Okay. And this is where Arthur Rubin and I will ask you several questions, try to give us a tactical advice and uh, any resources that you've used to um, kind of get to where you are today. Sure. Uh, so with yeah. that said, Arthur, take yeah. it away. Yeah. This. So this question takes it kind of back, back to the basics and you yourself had to start over a few times and you also mentioned that you're pretty passionate about pa- uh, passive income. So yeah. uh, imagine if you were driving in a brand new city, you only had a hundred dollars yeah. and you were starting from scratch. Um, what would you do and how would you spend that a hundred dollars to get back on the feet? I mean, the greatest thing is a lot of people like to complain about Uber, but when I was doing, trying to make YouTube happen full time, I didn't, I couldn't get a part-time job to just pay the bills in the meantime. So people want to talk smack on Uber, but that is the best way to keep yourself afloat while you're working on your other thing. Cause anybody could do it and you could just pick up and, and do Uber. So first thing I would do is do Uber, right? <laughs> uh, the next thing is while I'm doing Uber, since I already have skills in video production, I would look for a job um, doing video production. I think e-commerce is where it's at, man. That's that's the third thing that a lot of people don't talk about is selling on Shopify, selling on Amazon, Amazon mm-hmm. FBA. People are killing it, making yes. a lot of money doing that kind of stuff. And if you could work at an e-commerce company, learn how they're doing it, you, you kind of get to just ask your boss like, oh, so why do you buy these motors from China? Like, what's what's the deal? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But that's, that's, that's the mentorship right there. So I think, yeah, that's what I would do. It's almost the exact same thing I actually did is, except... The only benefit is, uh, or the only new thing now is uh, that Uber's around. So you can do Uber in the meantime until you get that first job. Uh, and then I would work for uh, video production for e-commerce. I think e-commerce is uh, an exciting place to work. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So let's say that this was your like last Engineering Truth episode in yeah. audio form. Yeah. And you could give your listeners one, a one sentence piece of advice to close. Or like one paragraph sentence to close, one paragraph to close mm. out your entire series. What would you tell them? Uh, employers treat you a lot differently when they know you earn a full time income on the side, and so if you want to be treated with respect from an employer, you got to earn a full time income on the side. Because when they know you don't need their money, suddenly they start they start changing the way they talk to you, and that's the advice I would give. Straight up and down. Yeah. So the next question that we usually like to ask um, is around um, um, sending messages. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it. So imagine if you had this magic power where you can just send a single message to everyone on the planet. And this question is a little bit of a doozy, but what would that message say? Stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, straight up. Yeah. Good. yeah. All right. And last question. Well, there's two more questions. Um, so as far as like the books that you read, I yeah. think that's, yeah. it'd be good to, cause you talked about one that I think is related to growth marketing. Yeah. And then um, the other one was just kind of like any music or anything that you listen to that helps you bounce back from like dark times. Cause I know you did say you went down through some things, but yeah. Um, music or videos or something. Music videos yeah. or something. 
Oh, uh, so for books, I think uh, "Choose Yourself" by James Altucher is a really good choice. That talks about uh, you know entrepreneurship and what we're going toward, the, how the economy is going today. So I think that opened up that that opened up my eyes, but also confirmed what I was already thinking. Uh, I think "Barking Up the Wrong Tree," uh, the science behind what you know about success is mostly wrong. I just, that book just just came out. Oh man, I uh, that's one of the first books I've I've liked in a long, long time. So those are two books I recommend if you're gonna go. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur or just trying to learn how success works, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of music, I like Little Sean's I Don't Give a F About You. Or I don't give, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a good song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bounce, bounce Back is Bounce also Back, good Bounce too. Back. Yeah. yeah, so those uh, those help me out, out of breakups, actually, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, so, so those are the two, those are the two songs that I like. Uh, and in terms of videos, no videos. No yeah, videos. Yeah. And the Click Funnels was the growth book that you talked about. Uh, the right. company is Click Funnels. So, Russell Brunson owns a company called ClickFunnels, and they're pretty much the, the best. They're, they're Mercedes-Benz of uh, creating ClickFunnels, which are like landing pages to convert sales. And he wrote a book called Expert Secrets, and it's a, it's a phenomenal marketing book. So if you're interested uh, into marketing, uh, I highly recommend that book. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And we're about to wrap up, but yeah. before we wrap up, um, what is next for you? Like, Where do you see yourself in five, 10 years? Um, yeah. If we interviewed in 10 years, what would you want... Um, uh, our listeners to hear about you. Uh, I wanted I want my YouTube channel to uh, definitely get bigger. So for me, I never had any interest to be on mainstream. Like people tell me, "Oh, you should go on TV." I, and that doesn't really interest my thing. And and I feel like with TV, you got to water yourself down. That never really interested me. So if I could get in ten years from now a million subscribers and to the point where I was still the main career channel on YouTube and I was like the guy, you know, like if in casual conversation here at App Academy, someone's like. Oh yeah, did you see like Engineer Shoes video about App Academy, blah, blah blah, and like that? I want to be in daily conversation. That'd be the best part. Um, and then also, it's gone to a point where now it's time to grow a team. You know, I think when you're earning ten thousand dollars a month, it's uh, growing team time, right? So now I'm now Scaling. I'm growing the team. Yeah, now I'm growing the team. So that's that's the thing is like I want to make a, you know, for me, I hated a nine to five. I hated set hours. All my team is per gig, per blog, per social media posts, per video editing position. And that's how I want to build my team. Everybody's per gig basis so they can control their hours and work from home. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. what positions are you looking for in case our listeners want to apply? Uh, right now, <laughs> funny enough, uh, if you are good at blogging, talk to me. Uh, if you're good at animations, talk to me. And if you're a video editor, you can come talk to me. I've got a few people for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what's the best way for people to like keep in touch with you and um, make sure they subscribe to all your stuff and talk to you on Twitter, provide feedback? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a Facebook group, Engineer Truth. Uh, another good place is Twitter, obviously Engineer Truth, uh, and then Instagram is WTF Matran. But you can just find the, the <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I actually own Engineer Truth uh, URL or the name on Instagram. But uh, I don't want people to think it's like something professional. My Instagram is purely personal. So if you yeah. follow it, you're just getting personal stuff. I don't want anybody following Engineer Truth expecting career advice because yeah. that's what they expect, right? You follow the brand. Yeah. But uh, my my Instagram is purely personal. So yeah. and that's kind of like what I use to build trust with people because yeah. I'm selling things online, mm-hmm. right? And to build trust, you gotta seem authentic. So I just keep my Instagram personally, personally yeah. authentic. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. You don't want people emailing you. Uh, email me at engineertruth at gmail Got it. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again for taking the time with us. And uh, we look forward to interviewing you again when you hit a million. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate you for listening and always love your feedback on how we can do better. If you enjoyed this, let us know what you thought on the reviews. 
by going to iTunes, searching for Breaking Into Startups, subscribing to our podcast, and leaving a review. Also, if you know someone who came from a non-traditional background and is looking to break into tech, encourage them to sign up to our newsletter or tell them to join the Breaking Into Startups community on Facebook. Remember, if they don't let you in through the front door, go through the back door, around it, under it, or through it. Let's break in. Let's break in.